Just stereotyping me like that? <laughs> I just, all day, I'm like, how can I put clay in a, in a pigeonhole? <laughs> do, you, do you put someone in a pigeonhole, or do you pigeon someone into a hole? Or do you just pigeonhole them? What is a pigeonhole? Like, it's obviously a hole where pigeons go. But why is pigeonholing someone referred to as something like that? Maybe because you're an ugly duckling who's going to grow up into a swan, and so you shouldn't be stuck in a hole for pigeons. But ugly ducklings are ugly, and swans are equated with beauty. There's like a more direct metaphor there. Maybe you're the goose who laid the golden egg, and you shouldn't be in a hole made for pigeons. Maybe I should give you the bird. Because you're not being very helpful. I was, I mean, I'm, I felt like I was trying to be legitimate. What's your favorite helpful. bird? Of all the birds? I mean, besides the clay bird. Yeah, big bird? Big bird? Which big bird? What do you mean, which big bird? The Muppet big bird? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, because there are big birds in nature. Like the ostrich or the emu? True. The emu produces wonderful oils. You can use for like skincare and sun. I was not aware of burn you release for for real. Yeah, it's a big it's a big trade. Huh. I mean, I'm against harming animals. Does it harm them to get their oil? Is it like rendered from their fat, like whale oil? My assumption was that you have to. It it, it comes from a dead emu. Huh. But maybe I don't know. Do birds birds don't have fat? Do they? I've seen some fat-looking birds. No, they do have. Chicken has fat on it. I mean, Big Bird isn't exactly streamlined. No, the reason Big Bird is my favorite bird is because I feel like I could use him to access Snuffleupagus. And that's my real end goal. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Storyman Podcast, Storyman 101. I'm Clay Morgan. I'm J.R. Foresteros. And I am the much-anticipated and awaited Matt Michelotis. Oh, man. And a little slow, I think, today. That's we are the Storyman. <laughs> <laughs> we also blog over at NorvalRogers.com. Joining us today on this side of the microphone is our producer and friend, Aaron the Kretz Kretzman. I thought it was Pretzelman. It is. Okay. Aaron Pretzelman Kretzman, that's correct. Also, quietly <laughs> anticipated as well. So, we'll have to compete. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that. it's been a while since you. Well, I, on, you were in episode 101. Yeah, it's been a while since the last briefly. episode. Yeah. To our, listeners, that, been a while. <laughs> to our listeners, it has not been long. But yes, it has been a while since I've been on. Glad to be back. For anyone whose heart Aaron has burrowed into, it's 
Always been a long time. It's always been a long time. Yeah. <laughs> so we are we are back at our respective homes all over the country. Uh, we've returned from episode 100, and we anticipated that we'd probably have a few new listeners that came on uh, the Z Nation train, found us through that. So we mm-hmm. thought it'd be good, given that it's episode 101, to do a little Storyman 101. So uh, welcome to the Storyman podcast. We talk about history, pop culture, theology, which is sort of a shorthand way of saying, you know, whatever we want to talk about. I think you once said it was kind of like a podcast for spiritual people who don't take themselves too seriously. Yeah, Um, that's that's accurate. Broadly defining all terms, because you just never know where we're going to go. I think by the end of this episode, when you see a little bit of what we learned on our recent historic field trip slash story treat 15, mm. you, you will see just how varied our experience One is. of the things I learned is how how despairing Clay gets when he thinks of a great hashtag halfway through an event, like story retreat. It's not so much that I thought of it halfway through the event as when we were literally about to get on the plane to end the event. So I think story treat was just a better one, to be honest. I, I know. It was... It was beautiful, and we missed it. <laughs> Next year. So we're we're all writers. Uh, we all blog at NovaRogers.com, but we also, on this podcast, we have a lot of storytellers on, which is actually how we originally got connected with the Z Nation crew. Uh, Matt uh, was friends with Dan Merchant, who's one of the producers and writers, and he came on during the first season and agreed to bring us out to the set. And so if you listen to Storyman 100, you know that we had a lot of fun out there. But we realized during Storyman episode 100, we didn't get to really talk about the trip from our perspective. It was just jam-packed with interview after great interview. So we thought we would take you back as though you were on the trip with us. Uh, so so the trip actually began when, when Clay and Aaron and I all arrived in Portland. And we originally had conceived masterfully of arriving all in Portland basically together, which was a trick because Aaron's coming from Orange County, we're coming from Dallas, Texas. But then Spirit Airlines thwarted our plans. Mm, they sure the did. plan Matt, was it was literally minutes apart. Like five yeah. minutes. It was it was glorious. Beautifully. Yeah. And uh that didn't happen. So Matt and Aaron had to kill some time in Portland. And my daughter uh, Zoe they, too. The the and, three yeah. of us kind of kicked around a little bit. And this was a mistake. We went to an ice cream place here in Portland that my that my daughter loves called Salt and Straw. And they always have like weird flavors. And this month was vegetable month. And so I tried the masala cauliflower flavor. And it was like eating frozen Indian food. I was so sad that I had not put in, it not in a, my mouth. Not in a good way. I love I Indian know, food. I don't know who decided to put vegetables in ice cream, but that's somewhere they definitely don't belong. Yeah. Hey Aaron, uh, what did you try? Um, I didn't. I just am against vegetables and ice cream. And so I did try something kind of interesting. It was olive oil ice cream. Um, yeah, just, I, oh, I, don't, I don't see the point. So I just I'm just sticking with my Portland. Oreos That's... and my chocolate. Yeah, we saw a child leave the ice cream <laughs> place having bought nothing, and that's when I, I turned to Aaron and I said, that's how you know this is not an ice cream shop. Something is wrong here. <laughs> I'm surprised that parents didn't come up with this conspiracy years ago when I was a joyful lad. Like, let's create an ice cream shop so repulsive that kids won't even want to badger <laughs> us to come here. Now, I should say that my wife and all my kids love that place, love it, and it's well-beloved in Portland. It's just not for me. 
Yeah, you know, something else we learned on that first night in Portland is that JR is hashtag weak sauce. That's Listen. right. <laughs> he and talks a big game. Oh, oh I'm I so good at video I, games. I would destroy you in Mario Kart if I just wasn't so <laughs> tired. Yeah. That's not at all how I remember it. That's, I'm, not sh- I'm not surprised. That's about right, though. Yeah, that's how everybody else Jer- objectively I was- recalls. I remember I walking tired. in, and we I saw a Nintendo 64, we saw some Super Mario games, we saw Smash, and we were all down to play, and Jared was sleeping in the living room and just wanted to sleep, and yeah. so we couldn't. That's what I remember. Yep. And then I, I remember being tired and saying, I'm tired, but I'm up <laughs> for it, and everyone going to bed. I texted uh, Jared's wife, Amanda, and said, we all want to play video games, but Jared says he's t- too tired. And she wrote back and said, hashtag weak sauce, and that's how we learned it. If his own wife says it. You have to agree. Right. Well, I, uh, again, I don't remember it that way. I do remember waking up refreshed the next morning, ready to journey to Spokane. Well, that's because we waited till and... you were asleep to play the Wii. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know about that one, did you, Jack? Well, uh, we before we left, we took a picture together, a group picture, on the very spot where Matt found the Sky Lantern that has launched the book that is coming out uh, in just a couple of months exactly. uh, about Sky Lanterns and Father. Matt, uh, what's like the elevator pitch for the book? Uh, I mean, really briefly, I found a Sky Lantern in my front yard that had written on it. Uh, I love you, Dad, miss you so much, in a woman's name. And I wrote a note to her on my blog that went all over the world about father's love for his kids. If your dad is gone, here's how your dad felt about you. And eventually, I end up actually finding and meeting this woman. And that's really what the book is about and how that changed her life, my life, our family. So, yeah, that's coming out soon. So we took a, I felt like it was a, the beginning of a pilgrimage, like something really special. It felt, it felt like that. Uh, it also felt a little hazy we were under the uh fires that were out there so we got i guess the view is a little bit different as we journeyed east not that west. we would know we journeyed west yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we wouldn't know yeah well no. apparently there was a big mountain we journeyed east that we didn't see we did yeah i was right <laughs> oh yeah because we're on the west coast right. uh, well, you, here's you something else that everybody else learned and then went east JR is not really good at his directions. Mr. Brains over here has trouble with left and right. I do. I openly admit that. <laughs> Hashtag weak sauce. Hashtag weak sauce. Does that make someone weak? <laughs> oh, weak sauce for You know what? I think what makes someone weak is what they know about trees. If you don't know about trees, <laughs> then you're weak. Well, we also There's a learned... lot of trees to keep track of up there. We also learned, did we not, Clay, that coniferous trees are trees that produce cones. Yeah, I'm sure I learned that in third grade, too. But guess what? Didn't have room for it in my brain to stay there. I did, because I didn't bother with that left and right trick. <laughs> yeah, well, I was too I mean, busy it's okay, filling Clay. my head with girls' it's okay. names. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's okay if you don't know everything about trees. I'm sure you're knowledge for instance of our nation's laws and about insects and things is superior and we can talk about that later however yeah you know go ahead go ahead Aaron. i was gonna say i thought that clay was the history guy but i think matt michelatis actually taught us all something about some history stuff 
that's that's what I love about traveling with a story, man. It was like an endless journey of exploration and discovery. Uh, so so very soon after you leave Portland on your way east, uh, you you come across Multnomah Falls, which is is pretty notable for several reasons, Matt. Uh, you want to unpack those for us? Yeah, I mean the first and most commonly discussed is that it's the second tallest year-round waterfall in the United States. So it doesn't ever dry up or freeze. Goes all year. Second tallest. First tallest is blah 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 and blah blah blah. Um, Who cares? Yeah. Second yeah, tallest I mean, whatever. year round. Portland's all about <laughs> being second best, and that is what we really excel at. In um, certain categories. Right. Some yeah, exactly. The uh the other thing that most people don't know is that Grover Cleveland actually came out to uh to Multnomah Falls. It's the furthest west he ever traveled. And while he was there, in the midst of Multnomah Falls, he came across a wild silverback ape, which he adopted, named Mandy, moved into the White House with him and his wife, and was actually a big part of why he wasn't reelected for a second term initially. So that's something not everyone knows. Uh, so two things. One, I did not know about America's deeply seated ape prejudice. Mm-hmm. Um, but two, was the ape already named Mandy, or did, did she acquire that name from what, the Cleveland? Think the ape yes, introduced it, uh, itself the as ape Mandy? showed him through sign language what her name was. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yes. Yeah. But here's a better question. Why would you go all the way across the country to Multnomah Falls and not finish and go to the Pacific Ocean? He just, uh, the ape didn't feel like going west was really an option, and he really started to give in to the ape's directions, and that was one of the things the American people were concerned about, is that the ape might control foreign policy and things related <laughs> to uh, finances for the United States. And I think yeah, for Matt, me, what years? If, oh, I, if I've seen the second largest year-round waterfall, what else more is there to see, Clay? I mean, yeah, it's over yeah, at like that point. Pacific Schmacific, and, right? I mean, the Goonies hadn't even come out yet, so he didn't want to see the house or anything <laughs> like that. That's true. That's true. So it would be different today. Obviously, he'd at least want to get all the way to Astoria. I mean, yeah. yeah. But, but we did eventually make it all the way to Spokane. We and did. We got to spend uh, a good part of a week there. And right off the bat, we got to have a pretty fun adventure going as Dan Merchant's guest to check out the set of Z Nation. The set is amazing. So they they basically are renting an abandoned aluminum factory that already looks like the apocalypse happened there. Yeah. It's incredible. Uh, and so, yeah, Dan drove us around the set. We saw giant piles of chemicals that they <laughs> assured us were inert, but that actually seemed to be a running gag with the cast and crew. They were like, oh, yeah, don't worry, that's inert. Totally going to get cancer. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is inert. So- that's what I keep saying to myself. <laughs> <laughs> I have felt a little hoarse the past couple of days, but I'm sure it's from something else. I'm so bad at science, I didn't even know I had to be worried. <laughs> I, Aaron, I wonder, are you? is your throat possibly sore because of your little 200-animal quest? Could you be allergic to something you've eaten? Um, how, yeah, I, I am on a quest to eat 200 different types of animals, and I was able to add one to the list. Um, yeah, we were able to take Dan out, um, had some nice food, and I saw rockfish on the menu. have not had rockfish, so I added that to my list. So I've now crossed off 43 animals in, in wow. my quest. And so, um, yeah, that was a great um, thing for me to do on this trip. Definitely crossing that off the bucket list. So, Are you, are you saying rock fist, like what I do at a concert? Yeah, rock, rock fist. 
So when you hold that rock fist, <laughs> so so that's like the celebratory hand. Yeah, of you a find a Nickelback head. fan and cut off their rock fist because they don't need it. Yep, and then oh. you just deep fry it. Yeah, which might be why it tasted a little bland, and I am now like a little sadness. Hoarse. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Nickelback, if you're listening, we'd be glad to have you on the show. <laughs> but no, I will make fun of you relentlessly. Um, another thing that I was super excited about on the trip. Um, was once I heard we were going to the set, DJ Qualls, one of my favorite actors, um, we actually got to meet him, and he was he was a ton of fun. Um, I really enjoyed um, just talking with him. We walked in right as he was done filming one of his scenes, and so um, had a little bit of an opportunity. While he was kind of catching his breath and looking over his next few lines, he turned around and introduced himself to us and just asked what we were doing. So that was um, he literally a said, for my trip. Who are you guys? yeah i was i was struck by how kind he was i mean obviously he didn't need to take any time for us we were very much at that point basically just fanboys and uh he just chatted with us for probably five or five or seven minutes uh in between scenes and was joking with us and telling us stories about some of the work he does telling us about the uh the other show that he's in called the man from high castle which i thought was fantastic so which i learned that JR had watched the pilot without me, and he wasn't supposed to. Yep. No one, no one told me that I was supposed to wait for anyone. <laughs> you said it, and I mentioned multiple times that we should all watch it, and then was you know roundly ignored. So. Whatever weeks us. <laughs> oh, bang! Another thing that I loved about DJ is he's going away after that filming that um, season, and he's going to throw a three day party for his going away party. So I thought that was. Pretty epic. Kindred spirit right there. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Yep. So, you know, Storyman's not all fun and games. We we really do try to get down to some serious issues. And uh, over dinner, uh, the first night when Aaron is enjoying his rockfish, uh, we really got into it about professional sports, you know, and what's the state of professional sports. And uh, I thought one of the things that, that we really were all able to come together on because we're all so deeply passionate about professional sports is the role that the owners are playing in that. And Matt, I I thought you had some great insights. Yeah, a lot of this comes about because I don't watch any professional sports, which means I'm largely outside of any conversation ever. Uh, I I mean, I watch sumo wrestling sometimes, but when the guys one day started getting really into talking about all this stuff, about professional sports, blah, 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 who's on this team, who does what... One of them turns to me and goes, Matt, what do you think about that? Because they know I know nothing. So I just came up with this plan that whenever anyone asked me, I would immediately say that the owners are ruining everything because of their love for money. So I started going on and on about how the owners are destroying sports because all they care about is money and not the fans. And that's just become my thing now. So now I feel like I can really talk about any professional sport because that's largely true across the board, right? (laughs) Yeah. Apparently... Um, I, I'm actually a pretty big sports guy, and I, as mad as I was at the beginning, I think <clears throat> there's something that Matt has to. He's he's right. I think it is the owners, and so I've I've come full circle in this argument. And so, <laughs> um, as thinking about it this past week, and um, you know what, I think I think Matt has a lot to a lot of good things to say about it. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna start learning the names of owners and things so I can sound smarter. <laughs> You'll sound really smart because a lot of people don't really know who owns what team. Perfect. Yeah, so you'll be able to throw that out, and it'll give you a lot of extra credibility. Exactly. They won't know if I'm telling the truth or not. 
Uh, so we we stayed at a really great hotel called the Spokane Club. The staff was super friendly and all that. But uh, all most of us brought bathing gear prepared to frolic mm-hmm. in the hotel pool, only to find out, as Clay warned us repeatedly, mm-hmm. like a prophet of doom, mm-hmm. that hotel pools are never open when you want them to be. Hotel pools are never open when you want them to be. I was skeptical of this claim. But... But the Spokane Club's pool is closed for the entire month of August. Well, you see, <laughs> you guys thought you were going to get around. You were like, Clay just is, he likes to swim too late, and that's why he always misses out on the swimming action. Yep. So JR concocted a plan, and you guys were all complicit, to do some early evening swimming. And we had to jog all the way back to the hotel just for the swimming. And <laughs> what did you find out? That it's not open in the month of August. And you know what, even if it was open, it was going to be closed at 8. And so it was cl- double closed. Does anyone know why hotel pools close so early? I do. Why do they close at all? That's what they I mean. They never I have lifeguards. I know. I think it's the owners. Matt, it is the owners. <laughs> it's because the owners. They don't want to pay the money to keep them open, so they close them. Owners are ruining recreational swimming. You may see at this point how effective Matt's argument is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All comes back to the owners. Speaking of disappointing water, <laughs> we had some fun times hearing Hollywood types um, repeatedly validate the knowledge that Pacific Rim is not a good movie. Listen, uh, listeners, listeners of the story, man, know that I have a special place in my heart for Pacific Rim. It was easily my favorite blockbuster that came out last summer. It was a tremendous amount of fun. I can't wait for the sequel. Yes, I know it was not a good movie, but it was super fun. I watched it two or three times in 3D IMAX and loved it. And I could not get Clay and Matt to even give it a chance. Uh, I finally got Matt to watch it, and he admitted it was pretty fun. Uh, Clay fell asleep. To be in nice, it. he admitted to be nice. Clay fell asleep in it like he falls asleep in all good movies. Um, we can start making a list. <laughs> but I think what we discovered is every person in the industry that we talked to about that movie said, but without us telling them how was that movie, they all said it was not so great, which made <laughs> us laugh a lot. That was that was the kindest thing anyone said about it. Exactly. I think the word disaster was used on multiple occasions. <laughs> Wait, it was a disaster movie, so that makes sense, actually. Yeah, yeah. Have you so, had a chance to read so, that script? I'm like two-thirds of the way through it, and uh, it is better. Uh, I don't know why they didn't make it this way. Hmm. But, yeah. They, they, they get away, they, they, they do without the 15-minute exposition dump. So... <laughs> I think sometimes the, the part of the problem for some of these people is they had seen an early script and early ideas for it, and then what it actually was didn't match their picture. Like, they had kind of an ideal for the movie. And we experienced this ourselves, platonic ideal, like the perfect service, when we went to a diner called Frank's Diner in Spokane. Oh, man. And so oh. it was the third day. Lovely. Yeah, we, we, we heard it was the best breakfast place in town, to be honest, it's the only breakfast place in town we tried, <laughs> but it's hard to imagine anything being better. I've stopped in so many diners. I, I fully believe that is the best diner I have ever personally experienced. It was pretty good. A big, a big part of it was our server. She was awesome. Yeah. Right. Ray I mean, she was mom funny. Was amazing. <laughs> 
she was funny, but not like overly bare, like like sassy and kind of like she's. It felt like she read our group really well. Uh, the food was phenomenal. Matt and I both got chicken and waffles. He said Ray Fingles and Molly. When Clay couldn't so. decide between two dishes, one of which was French toast, and she said, "Why don't you just say that you want French toast instead of regular toast, and we'll put it on the side?" And that's what she did. I was amazed. I didn't know they did that yeah. anywhere. Yeah. Oh man. So Fantastic. Good. So good, you guys. So after uh, after Frank's, with our bellies full of joy and delight, <laughs> uh, we basically hung out until it was time for us to do loop group. Uh, loop group was something new to me. I didn't know this, but when you record a television show, uh, they only mic the main actors, and none of the extras or even the supporting cast really have microphones. So people have to go into a recording studio and watch the scene later and basically pick a person and make all of the sounds that you think that person would make. Yeah, or like if there was a crowd. I'm thinking of um like Braveheart, right? When there's all that chatter around the the famous freedom speech. Right. All that stuff would have just been done in a studio, not by any of those guys yeah. standing there right. with microphones right. on. So, uh we learned that sounding like you're climbing around on the hood of a car is a lot harder than you'd think when you're not actually on the hood of the car. That's true. <laughs> right? <laughs> yep. Yeah, I uh, I was watching a show with my wife last night, and there was a part where someone threw something out the back of the car, and you heard another car like honk and swerve. And I told her, I was like, "It's Loop Group, it's Loop Group," because uh, there was there was like no car behind them. It created the illusion that a car had been illusion, behind them. Illusion. <laughs> it was so fun to me once we were on set on on like the 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 last day to see how creative everyone got because z nation is a pretty low budget show and so they they will often find the most effective way to do some of the special effects so for instance in a zombie show you need a lot of brains and apparently cottage cheese looks a lot like brains mm-hmm. yeah, the yeah they're showing us a room cottage, yeah it's a mixture of cottage cheese sour cream dye it was pretty interesting to see it was disgusting and there may have been there may have been bullet casings laying about, which was kind of fun. It really did look like the apocalypse that happened in that warehouse. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, the other thing, you know, I was really, uh, really thankful for this because as longtime listeners of the Storyman know, Matt has a pathological fear of wolves. Mm-hmm. And we were able to talk with a wolf expert who was on the set. Uh, and, and he passionately assured Matt that we do not actually need to be afraid of wolves. Yeah, he told us that what we really need to be afraid of is not wolves, because they're actually pretty shy animals. You need to be afraid of wolf dogs, these hybrid animals, because he said they're not afraid of people, and they'll just come, like, eat you. And so (laughs) I was like... So, Matt, did that help? Yeah, I was like, oh, thanks. I'm terrified of wolves and wolf dogs now. (laughs) (laughs) And werewolves. (laughs) So it really just expanded your wolf fear, is what you're saying? Yeah, man's worst enemy, wolf dogs. So funny. Uh, Spokane is an interesting little town. Spokane. Spokane. I think that's one of the other things we learned from the wolf expert. All the the people from outside of town call it Spokane. That's what it should be, you would think. But it's Spokane. Spokane. It is Spokane. More like Spokant. Why would you say that? We had a lovely time there. When it comes to swimming pools. Oh, okay. That's a really weird narrow. That's like the second tallest, longest functioning waterfall. I don't really have a reason that Spokant. I just wanted to say it. Well, all of the natives call it Spokompton. 
Mm. <laughs> well, no, no, not the I've natives. Those that. are the people who live outside of Spokane mostly. That's oh. derisive or what, derisive. What do the natives call it? They call it Spokane. Home, JR, because they're natives. <laughs> it just well, Spokane, Spokane, Spokompton has a lot of sexually themed restaurants that are actually still pretty delicious. It's kind of weird. Yeah, we ate at a place called Wild Dogs, and the W looks suspiciously like testicles. Yeah, the, they sold the, hot dogs um, there. Yeah, they did. The t-shirts are definitely not leaving a lot to the imagination. Uh, and then also we had Nudo. 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 Uh, ramen Nudo. noodles. Yeah, that ramen plate. Noodles, really obviously, good. but I mean, again, Nudo. Yeah, I, I thought, mean, for I sure, it, it was hard to invite people there if you're like, hey, tonight, let's go get Nudo. It sounds really, it sounds <laughs> yeah. a little forward. Yeah. yeah. But again, both places were really good, but I delicious. thought. delicious. Yeah, I think regardless yeah. of what you call Spokane, I, they do have some pretty good food. True. Probably one of my favorite um, moments was actually when we were walking from dinner one night. I think it was from dinner. And I saw a, uh, I saw a praying mantis on the sidewalk. It was a weird one. It was kind of like brownish white color but i was like hey clay check out this praying mantis and he goes don't kill it and i was like why would i kill it and then clay started explaining to me that praying mantises are endangered species and i was like well i don't think so bro like what you want to tell us more about that clay look guys all my life i've believed a lie I thought for sure that praying mantises... I thought that it was illegal to hurt praying mantises, which J.R., Mr. Science, was like, that's called an endangered species. And I was like, whatever. I was like, look it up. You look it up right now. I have a PhD in science words. (laughs) You look it up right now. And sure enough, it was on Snopes. Because a lot of people believe it. Clay was really mad. I didn't look it up. I just knew it. I also just knew it. Clay was really mad. He's like, you mean my third grade teacher lied to me all these years? Fifth grade teacher. You mean my... Oh, I'm sorry, dude. You were were two years older than I thought when you bought into that? (laughs) The whole culture was just pushing that lie. Like, even the kids talked about it in later years. The whole culture? Yeah. Okay, so I went to school with, like, 12 people. (laughs) Hashtag Christian education. talking about it. I suggested that perhaps the reason his teacher told him not to do it was because boys who kill bugs turn into serial killers. <laughs> That's Look, the truth. I, I became fascinated by the fact that this is actually like a widespread enough lie that Snopes had to like solve it and there were other articles about it. So yeah, I'm I know. just fascinated they were like, that like the adults got together. They were like, We've gotten eight to nine emails on this topic. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can blame the real culprit, Christian private school. Mm-hmm. Oh, and they're not honest. known for being strong in science. Yeah, there was. Yeah. It, it wasn't just science. Like I think, just in general, identifying things. Like it was pretty smoky when we were down there. And Aaron and I were talking <laughs> about how weird the sun looked because you could look straight at it. It was red, uh, but we were like, oh and gosh, bright. the sun. And bright. I mean, yeah, it was still bright, but you could look right at it. And Jr. and Clay Beautiful started telling us moon. how it was the moon. It looked like the moon. It looked a lot like the moon. The full moon. And it was moon time. <laughs> what is what is moon time? Is that nighttime? Evening. I think it means evening. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I meant. <laughs> That's I mean, fantastic. Okay, so we didn't have the advantage of being West Coasters and knowing what the sun could look like, specifically during 
a seasonal fire. Yeah, we don't was, have forest fires yeah. in the Midwest. That was really but intense. You and by still the way, have things that cover the sun, and so for us, I it just was bright and red, and so it was the sun. Just we all know that in the West Coast out here, I guess, and you just don't deal with that where you are. Maybe now that we're in Texas, we'll think a lot more about the sun. Well, <laughs> I was surprised that we saw a second praying mantis, by the way. It was definitely not the same one. A second brown praying mantis, like two blocks later. It's entirely possible that was the same praying mantis following us. I gave it mercy. <laughs> <laughs> you killed it? No. Oh, oh yeah, that means, that means I killed it. I did not give it mercy, but I did. You, you, you elected not to kill it. We also learned a little something about Aaron... Listen, on the way home, we stop for gas, and Aaron gets out to wash the windows, and, and I, have, I have never in my life, I worked at a gas station, I saw a lot of people wash windows, I have never seen someone give so much attention to detail, and spend so much time, I mean, the only, the only word I can use is artisan. <laughs> oh, yeah. Aaron, how, like, where did this come from? Well, I remember working, <clears throat> we were doing some a landscape job, and this guy gets out and just throws around this squeegee and, like, hardly even washes. It just makes it worse. And so me being super OCD and seeing those streak marks, I just couldn't handle it. And so ever since then, I've just practiced the craft of washing windows with the squeegee and just, just like got the right amount of paper towel to water on the squeegee ratio to make sure you don't get it too wet, make sure you still get some soap on the squeegee. It's really something I've been perfecting for probably about the past six or seven years. Well, the, the windows were incredibly clear. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I mean, I probably could have given him a run for his money. I just didn't want to ruin his moment. Wow. <laughs> oh, all right. Wow. You, I, you wanted to save it until now to ruin I, it. I, <laughs> I, I have I have a technique, guys, that requires no towel. No towel. Do you ever use a towel, Aaron? He he did every step oh, of the I, way, which I, was beautiful. Uh, well, more than gladly use a few towels, but I can guarantee you, Clay's gonna have way more streaks on his windows than I will. <laughs> I challenge you to a streaking contest. <laughs> oh wait. <laughs> I don't think that means what you think it means. Well, it was sad when the trip came to an end. It we had really a really sad. great time. If you didn't hear about all of the things we were able to um, run into in our time with Z Nation uh, cast and crew, be sure to check out episode 100. And sadly, it came to an end, and we got to wake up the final day and drive back to Portland had a had a quick meal and then it was time to go back to the airport and surely uh, Spirit Airlines would redeem themselves in every way, and they did not. <laughs> I, I mean, ex- okay. I've... To be fair, go, go ahead. ahead, Aaron. No, you go ahead. Was it so? They were on time, right? We yeah. left on time. I think oh, wow. so. Almost yeah. on time. Nearly on time. Right. We got on the plane on time, and mm-hmm. we landed. 20 minutes early. <laughs> yeah. What could then possibly go on, wrong, JR? Then we then we sat on the runway until 30 or till 10 minutes after our plane was supposed to land. Apparently there was a quote-unquote incident oh, with man. the quote-unquote police being called uh, and in the other plane that was in our terminal and I don't know why they didn't move us. I'm not in charge of airplanes. Uh, but uh, so and so they they had the air conditioning off and on those planes because they packed so many people in it's hot anyway. 
And then uh, when we got to baggage claim, because we checked a bag, uh, they, like, someone broke the baggage claim, and it took them, again, like, another 20 minutes to fix it. Uh, it was just all You're around. You're leaving out the entire flight. Spirit Airlines is great. If you're under five foot six, or if your flight's less than an hour or two, yeah, mm. I, I was miserable. I've, I just, um, I just can't do it physically. So yeah, not not our favorite experience, but I you would know. I would still fly Spirit to like Kansas City or if something I could get like a that. great rate like that yeah. and have a shorter flight, yeah, it definitely might do the trick. Yeah, but meanwhile, next time I fly to. I flew Southwest, oh, yeah. and I got in 15 minutes early. I had an open seat next to me, got extra peanuts. It was I had a great time flying back from I Southwest. I love Southwest so much. I'm so sorry, Southwest. <laughs> well, there you go. It was a great trip. Fantastic episode, uh, you know, 100th episode celebration. Uh, and again, we're just like, we're really grateful to everyone who's listening and supporting the show, sharing around. Uh, we really obviously couldn't do it without... Uh, our listeners. That's how we made it to episode 100. So uh, we're we're planning to keep cranking through, and we have we have several fantastic guests lined up for the you know the first 10 episodes even of, of the new season. We have a bunch of extras from Z Nation that we can't share until certain episodes drop that you'll love. And you guys, uh, you're not even going to believe what's coming in a few weeks. Yeah. some really really amazing stuff. But uh, we can't leave episode 101 without. A little pop culture pick of the week. Pow! Pow! Pop culture pick of the week. It's a pop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so obviously Matt had to drop out, you know, because he's a busy guy. But uh, he gave us a pop culture pick of the week. For my papow, there's a comic called East of West by a guy named Jonathan Hickman, uh, and his uh, artists are. Dragota and Martin. Uh, it's really interesting. It's about the four horsemen of the apocalypse in the future. Uh, and basically what they do is three of the horsemen are trying to bring around the end of the world. But one of the horsemen, Death, has decided, no, he doesn't want to do that. And he's fighting against them. It's actually really fascinating, interesting, a little violent, super violent. Um, but yeah, I found myself for sure sucked into it. I read the first three of the four collected comics so far. So yeah, if you enjoy uh, post-apocalyptic science fiction, kind of messing around with mythology stuff, East is West is pretty darn good. So, all right, see you all next time. I don't know much about this comic, but I've heard a lot of great buzz about it. But just based on the amount of buzz I've heard, it's definitely worth picking up. So uh, Aaron, what about you? What's your pop culture pick of the week? Um, I feel like every time I'm on the show, I always talk about music, um, and so I'm just going to keep that going. Um, Grace Potter just came out with a new album, um, and I've actually known Grace Potter for a long time. Um, and just for me, I remember seeing her at a record store in Hollywood, um, and that's where I heard about her. And She just brought out a new album, um, and it's actually getting some buzz. I saw her on Conan O'Brien, and she was interviewed out there. She's been playing a few festivals around the area. Um, and so it's, it's getting a lot more buzz. And so it's just always fun to kind of discover an artist with a couple hundred people and then just see, see her blow up. And so, um, I even had the chance to record one of her songs at the recording studio I interned at. Um, and she's just a phenomenal woman. Her voice sounds exactly like it does on the record. And so I just love the new album, um, everything that she puts out. And so, um, that's definitely my papal for this week.
Good one. What um, is that album called, Aaron? Uh, it's called Midnight. Fantastic. Well, I love Grace Potter. I didn't realize she dropped a new album, so I'll have to check it out. Cool. My pop culture pick of the week is a film I saw. I think it's the only film. Oh, no, we saw a couple, but uh, I really was looking forward all summer to The Man from Uncle, which was Guy Ritchie's latest, and it's a takeoff of a 1960s television show that starred Robert Vaughn, um, who Superman fans will remember as the villain in Superman 3 with Richard Pryor, and he and his sister have this crazy plot that makes total sense. Honestly, if you think about it, it'll make total sense. Um, but yeah, The Man from U.N.C.L.E. was was fun. Henry Cavill, Army Hammer, the girl from Ex Machina, whose name escapes me at the moment. Um, but yeah, it, was, it wasn't as fast-paced as a typical Guy Ritchie movie, and I wouldn't say it's my favorite Guy Ritchie movie, but I just really enjoy that kind of action humor. I think the leads were really strong. Um, and it was just a good time. It, it was just a nice movie that I enjoyed watching, even if I wouldn't say that I'm going to like you know watch it a dozen more times. Um, you're glad you saw it once. Yeah, if, if you think you're going to like The Man from U.N.C.L.E., you're probably going to like The Man from U.N.C.L.E., I would <laughs> say. It's, it, it's just a fun it's action fine. comedy. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. You won't be sad but, you saw it. But I, I actually enjoyed it probably more than, than my friends. The humor works well. The dialogue is great. Uh, it's just a different. It's a different pace, but it, but it's consistently held. So the man from Uncle. Uh, I also have a movie for my uh, pop culture pick of the week this week, and it is Straight Out of Compton, the new oh, yeah, biopic about uh, N.W.A. Yeah, the hip-hop group from the late 90s. Fantastic film. As biopics go, it's one of my favorite biopics. Uh, biopics. I say biopics. But uh, if you like hip-hop, it's incredible how many careers were launched out of N.W.A. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's well done. The one small complaint I have is that the pacing was really fast. It almost felt more like a highlights reel than a story at some points. I heard the original cut of the film was like three and a half hours long. Jeez. And I hope they release a director's cut because I would watch a five-hour cut of this movie. I was so interested in the characters. The acting was really well done. Uh, it addresses some timely social issues. And I was uncomfortable in some healthy ways throughout the film at different points. So it's funny, it's great, it's tense. Uh, You'll see all kinds of fantastic cameos. Every piece of casting is on point. Uh, Guy Giamatti basically plays the exact same music producer. Paul Giamatti. Yeah, sorry, I said Guy Giamatti. Yeah, (laughs) that would be an interesting combo. (laughs) Paul Giamatti plays essentially the exact same producer, music manager, person that he played in Brian Wilson's Love and Mercy biopic that came out uh, a while ago with Cusack. And uh, so that's kind of funny to see him in the same role in the in the, in the two films that came out in the same year. But uh, yeah, it, I enjoyed it a lot. I think if you're a fan of music or biopics, you'll love it. So, so it's blowing up the box office. It's been number one like three weeks in a row. They had, and the first weekend, they actually had extra security at every theater showing the film, and they didn't have a single incident. So... That's amazing. Mm. Um, so with with that, Jr. I'm not a huge fan of rap. Like I'll listen to it, and if a friend's playing it, like I, I'll enjoy it. But it's not something that I know a ton about. Would you still say it's worth it to see for someone like me? I think you'll still do. You, if you enjoy biopics, you'll enjoy this one. It's very much still a biopic. It follows the biopic formula that you know that works for people that like that. And I think it will actually help you appreciate hip hop culture more. Uh, now you'll probably miss some of the cameos, 
because mm-hmm. uh, they they drop names pretty quick. Uh, but I think you'll have you you will be able to follow the main story, which is about the five guys who are NWA, and particularly you know the three most famous: Easy E, Dr. Dre, and Ice Cube. You uh-huh. know those three are the guys that that it's really about, and even beyond that, it's mainly about Easy E. Uh, and so yeah, I, th- I think you'll be able to follow it pretty easily and i i would have a hard time believing anyone wouldn't find the movie intriguing interesting learn a bunch uh and and enjoy that experience so awesome i'll have to check it out very very cool well we have had just a great 100 episodes a great time doing this show and um looking forward to seeing where this podcast continues to go we have some really cool opportunities coming up in the future and uh matt Matt texted me. He said, I'm not really sure what happened, but uh, he got dropped out. Nevertheless, we're excited about Matt's book, which is coming up. So be getting ready for Sky Lantern. Pick up Into the Fray by Matt Michelotis. If you haven't looked that up on Amazon or your favorite book site, go check it out. And in the meantime, marching towards 102. Some more cool stuff, JR. Yeah, we're gonna we're we've got like I said a lot of a lot of great guests lined up a lot of, of cool ideas. Uh, if you've been following Norval Rogers, you know Matt's been uh, blowing up with a bunch of posts about modesty, and there's some interesting thing happening in the news regarding that. So uh, we have a lot of good topics, a lot of good shows lined up. We can't wait. Uh, continue to engage with us on Twitter, on Facebook, Storyman.us. You can find all the show notes for this and all of our previous shows. Uh, please, if you have a minute, rate and review us on iTunes and wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, in fact, any podcast you listen to, hopefully we're not the only one. There's so many great podcasts out there. Mm-hmm. Take three minutes, rate and review a podcast that you love. It helps so much. It really makes our whole week when we get good reviews. Uh, and if you don't like us, you can drop us an email and tell us why you don't like us, I guess, too. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, we'd like to take more trips and... Uh you know, resources are needed to take those trips, but we can get some really cool stuff, and um, I think there's going to be some cool stuff coming one way or another. Yeah, so uh, again, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we'll be back 101. We'll be back next week on our March to 200. Yeehaw. This is a song about the three-story men Life is a story Sometimes there's a man. Rather, sometimes there's some men. And I'm talking about the story men here. And I know what you're thinking. Those are some tall fellers. I don't know if that's three stories separately or three combined. Well, we're missing the point. Sometimes there's some men. And you want to know what these hombres are about? Well, I won't say they're heroes. They're just the men who are right for their time and place. These men, uh, shoot, I lost my place. Well, I've probably introduced them enough, so just relax for a spell and bend your ear their way. I'm sorry I called you weak sauce. <laughs> no, you're not. No, I'm not. <laughs>
That's like the weirdest villain laugh ever. <laughs> that was kind of like Robert Lipton inside the actor studio. If he was like, <laughs> if he was tired. <laughs> All right, we're good. We're good. <laughs>